Hello and welcome to Punch a Hole in the Wind, a look at some of the great thoroughbred racehorses who have graced our racetracks all around the world over the last century or so. I'm Ollie Hine, and it's great of you to join me on this exciting trip down memory lane. My aim is to both remind you of some of your heroes from years gone by, but also to introduce you to some others whom you may not be so familiar with. This time, we're going to the US, and more specifically, we're going to deep dive on a horse who proved perhaps more than any other that the surface you run on really can make a massive difference to how well you can run. The decade was the 1990s, and the horse was Cigar. Now, some human joggers prefer to run on the concrete of a road. Others like a little more tenderness underfoot and run on grass. Horses are no different in that regard. Where they do differ, though, is the potentially huge difference in how fast they can run on each in comparison to their rivals. Cigar was a fairly ordinary horse on turf. On dirt, he was a world-beating legend. It wasn't the only transformation he underwent. As a foal at Country Life Farm in Maryland, he was a feisty little one, kicking out at anyone who came too close and earning himself the nickname The Hammer. It also provided him with a scar on his chest when he came off second best with a fence. But he eventually calmed down. Being by Palace Music, a grade one winner on the turf in both Europe and the US, no one early on considered running him on anything else. His name had nothing to do with tobacco, but everything to do with navigational checkpoints for airplanes. Unsurprising, as his owner Alan Paulson had owned Gulfstream Aerospace, which made private jets. Technically, he had been owned by Paulson's wife, Madeline, who, in a game of swapsies that only the fabulously wealthy could even conceive, let alone indulge in, exchanged him with her husband for top filly Eliza. Sent into training with Alex Hassinger in California, Cigar didn't run at two. At three, although he won two minor races, Cigar was not setting the racing world on fire and finished out of the money on several of his nine starts, with various jockeys trying out on him. Connections sensed that he was better than he was letting on, with Paulson deciding to send him to be trained instead by Bill Mott on the East Coast. Mott eventually tried him in a couple of conditions races where he came third. His jockey on the latter, Julie Crone, suggested to Mott that the Colts' next race should be on dirt instead. And that was the day that everything changed. With Mike Smith on board next, Cigar trounced his rivals by eight lengths in a one-mile allowance race on Aqueduct's dirt. Mott then plunged Cigar straight into the Grade 1 NYRA mile, with Jerry Bailey now his rider. Cigar mopped it up by seven lengths, and Bailey had no intention of letting the ride ever go elsewhere. Suddenly, it was plain as day what the horse had been trying to tell them. Grass, no. Dirt, yes. It being already the end of his four-year-old campaign, everyone was impatient to see what he could do aged five, and they were right to be excited. Always running between his favourite distances of a mile and ten furlongs, Cigar kicked off with an allowance race warm-up before taking on the previous season's champion Holy Bull in the Don handicap. The latter sadly broke down in the back stretch, 
making Cigar's impressive victory slightly hollow, as few were paying attention to him. Remaining in Florida, he again crushed his rivals by over seven lengths in the Gulfstream Park handicap, before beating reigning Breeders' Cup Classic champion Concern at Oaklawn Park in a quick time. Six straight victories, many other top horses defeated with ease. Mott carried on sending his wonderful colt to all four corners of the country to share the joy, always accompanied by white stable pony Snowball to keep him relaxed. Pimlico was next, then Suffolk Downs in Massachusetts, with Cigar storming to victory and building up a nationwide momentum of fans who began to realise that something historic was happening. Poignantly, he returned to his original stomping ground of California for the Hollywood Gold Cup, but this time on the dirt. Albeit the notoriously quick dirt of the West Coast tracks that not all East Coasters adapt to. The challenge was considerable, with winners of many of the big stakes and handicap races of the year set to take him on. And Cigar was lumbered with top weight. Bailey didn't panic, kept his mount wide and stormed home by nearly four lengths in a blisteringly fast time. Indeed, Cigar was more than another top racehorse for Bailey. The colt offered his jockey a cathartic experience of what it was really like to connect with a horse in a way that this vastly experienced jockey had not previously experienced. He said later, It was his personality. He was just so cool. I wanted to spend as much time with him as I could. I would go back to the barn just to be around him and just to watch him graze. With Cigar's growing fan club loving experiencing this rare colt's new lease of life as a dirt runner, they were also aware that, with each victory, he was creeping closer towards Citation's US record of 16 consecutive race wins, once thought to be essentially untouchable. There was an obvious and ultimate target of his end of season, the Breeders' Cup Classic, that year run at Belmont Park. He warmed up in the Woodward Stakes over nine furlongs and the Jockey Club Gold Cup over a furlong further, taking both as he pleased and was the warmest of favourites for the big one. But it was a very tall order. Being drawn on the outside and with the heavens opening beforehand to make the track muddy, it was going to test all the skill and talent of a great horse who was at heart a miler but had a canny trainer who could draw him out to ten furlongs on a dry track at least. It being the classic, the quality of the competition was watertight too. Cigar was in the zone that day. He so clearly wanted to unleash, and it took all of Bailey's considerable strength to rein in his mighty mount's enthusiasm. As they entered the final turn, Bailey couldn't hold him anymore. He said later, The feeling was going out of my fingers. They were completely numb. He was pulling that hard. So he let Cigar have his head, and hoped that he would have enough in the tank. He certainly did. His low skimming action gripped into the mud, and Cigar wasn't for catching. As he scorched past the post, in an incredible sub-two-minute time bearing in mind the ground, another moment of instinctive commentator history was made, as race caller Tom Durkin belted out that he was the unconquerable, invincible, unbeatable cigar. And at that moment in time, it was both a nod to the bombastic and yet profoundly true. 
Cigar had won all ten of his races that year, eight at grade one, naturally winning horse of the year, and was on an unbeaten streak of twelve. He started his six-year-old season as he had left off, gaining another win in the Don Handicap, but the lure of more global fame, not to mention vast pots of cash, beckoned on the other side of the world, with the inaugural running of the Dubai World Cup quickly becoming the world's richest race. Over ten furlongs in the dirt, it was a race whose credentials fitted Cigar like a glove. And to his connection's credit, they didn't shirk the international challenge. Cigar, as ever, duly delivered against an international cast list, showing all his usual ability and enthusiasm. He returned to the Massachusetts handicap at Suffolk Downs, in front of the biggest audience the track had ever seen, and kept them happy with another easy victory despite carrying top weight. How and where would the mighty cigar aim to match that incredible winning streak of citations? Such was the profile of cigars every race by now, that Arlington Park cleverly put on a specially conceived race, the nine furlong Arlington Citation Challenge, where again he would have to take on top horses unbridled song and dramatic gold, as well as the burden of top weight. Bailey as ever, kept Cigar out of trouble on the outside, and in the home stretch, he met his date with destiny with ease, and had incredibly won his 16th race in a row. Cigar meets Citation. Citation meets Cigar. As though this mythical number of 16 doubled up as a glass ceiling, the enormity of Cigar's achievement seemed to get to him as he went next to Del Mar for the Pacific Challenge Stakes in front of a record crowd, Bailey kept the same tactics. But for once, he couldn't keep Cigar's enthusiasm in check, as the great colt got sucked into a speed duel, again with dramatic gold. But outsider Dare and Go was able to come from behind under a steadier pace and streak to victory. The bubble had finally burst and the intelligent Cigar knew it. Bailey would offer Cigar his favourite treat, a peppermint, after every race. This time, the colt rejected it in disgust. Horses can show pride too, and Cigar that day believed he didn't deserve it. More victories, and a couple more defeats, followed, before Cigar was gracefully retired at the end of the year, winning champion older horse honours, and falling agonisingly short of $10 million career winnings by a mere $185. He was surely the American horse of the 90s. Paulson sold 75% of his great horse to the Coolmore setup for Cigar's breeding career. It was just as well that they took out insurance. Cigar was utterly sterile and couldn't get a single mare pregnant the entire season. He was therefore sent to Kentucky Horse Park, where visitors could enjoy seeing him during his long, leisurely retirement, before he passed away, aged 24, of osteoarthritis in the neck. Bailey summed up his favourite horse pithily. He had great speed, acceleration, and there wasn't a situation in a race that he couldn't get you out of. Good horses can win over broken glass, and he didn't care. There really was no one else like him. To find out more about Cigar and other greats from the past, check out my book, Punch a Hole in the Wind, out now and available online 
and in bookshops. Next time, we'll go to a different part of the world and explore the exploits of another great horse from another era who could punch a hole in the wind. But until then, this is Ollie Hine signing off and saying thank you for listening.